Welcome to the Leaders Edge podcast. I'm Sandy Laycox, Editor-in-Chief of Leaders Edge. In this podcast sponsored by Axis, I talk with Jay Hamilton, Global Head of Accident and Health Insurance at Axis. We discuss the eclectic mix of product lines in accident and health, current lines of interest such as pet insurance, esports, and benefits for first responders. We talk market headwinds and the 2024 outlook. Give it a listen. Jay, it is a pleasure to have you here with me. Welcome. Thank you, Sandy. It's a pleasure being here and looking forward to uh, talking a little bit about uh, the Accident Health Marketplace. Yes. Well, let's get right into it. Um, If you could maybe give us a a quick overview of where you see the market currently. Yeah. I mean, as as you know, the the A&H Marketplace, it's uh, fairly diverse and dynamic. At the same time, we face a lot of headwinds within within A&H, right? So you got the economy, whether that be inflation or recession. Um, you have the, uh, unfortunately, the, the global conflicts, um, and then also the economic and political pressures impacting, uh, in particular, our, our U.S. portfolio, but some impact uh, on our international portfolio as well. You know, as you if you look at um, some themes within the, the A&H marketplace, again, it's, it's fairly diverse and eclectic. Um, but the one thing to note is A&H is not a single line of business, right? Um, and it's made up of... Um, numerous items, whether that be um, student accident, um, travel insurance, corporate accident, supplemental health, uh, in, in some cases for some carriers, uh, uh, pet insurance, dogs and cats. So again, a diverse and eclectic portfolio. And because it's so diverse, a lot of that really is is um, is driving uh, other carriers to get into the portfolio, not necessarily, or get into the market, not necessarily across all products, um, but you have numerous PNC companies trying to enter the A&H marketplace um, in the U.S., leading with what I would call specialty or supplemental health products. Um, in the marketplace, also, uh, we talk about a soft and a hard market, and, and obviously a hard market on the PNC front. Um, but A&H does, does see some seasonality with respect to rates, a lot of it driven around um, inflation and um, and medical trend. Uh, and thus some product lines, we've got to look for a significant rate while others more accident driven uh, require little to no rate um, at renewal uh, or base rates for, for new business. You've definitely mentioned that it's eclectic and it covers a lot of ground. And we're going to get into some of those headwinds and, and macroeconomic factors that you just mentioned. But before we do, can we hear a little bit about some of these more eclectic lines and what really is going into this book of business? Yeah, you know, I can I can speak for Axis A&H uh, as far as the eclectic lines of business and the different different niches that uh, that we provide coverage for. So on our end, we're really divided into um, four business units. You've got Axis Group Benefits. Um, we've got the pet insurance, as I mentioned earlier, we've got a specialty A&H North American operation, uh, that I'll get into. And then our international, um, our international operation out of London, right? So if we look at, if we look at group benefits for us, historically, we've covered, uh, part-time seasonal employees, uh, with, with low price point, uh, limited benefits, whether, uh, indemnity-based limited benefits. Um, and of late, we've really pivoted. Uh, to more of the mainstream voluntary supplemental health uh, product sets, corporate accident, um, really trying to address some of the needs of employers and, and associations. Um, 
you know, some other examples include we've we've launched a GAP product, uh, critical illness on hospital indemnity, all of which trying to help maintain the uh, the cost of health insurance for both the employers uh, and employees alike. Um, our newest line, pet insurance, right? We launched that in 2022. Uh, that marketplace is is interesting because um, it's fairly new to the U.S. Uh, it's a Approaching a three billion dollar marketplace, uh, where organic growth alone is is well into the uh, well into the double digits. For pets, it covers your typical illnesses, but accidents. There's wellness coverage um, and other things that you would typically uh, find in, in U.S. Uh, healthcare for for humans versus yeah. pets, right? <laughs> um, and then on the specialty side, uh, you know, we cover travel, uh, travel with unique risks, including uh, students and, and sports. Um, we also have product uh, participant accident coverage. We cover a, a big chunk of um, first responders, line of duty uh, in the U.S. We're one of the top three carriers there. And then, um, again, uh, leisure travel. And we do a little bit of uh, guild and entertainment business on the West Coast. Uh, the last piece for us is our international operation out of London, where we write um, either on Lloyd's paper or we have a, an Irish entity as well. Um, that operation focuses uh, a lot on uh, participant or personal accident, but we also write uh, professional sports, general um, marine and aviation. So I think we're covering pilot and crew and, and the staff uh, on, on a vessel. Um, we do uh, travel and some, uh, some medical niche in there. I think the, the common thread across our portfolio is that all the lines have really strong potential for growth, uh, working with key partners, uh, both here and 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 outside the U.S., we continue to expand our ge geographical footprint. Um, and again, it's, it's an evolving market, so we we pivot and change our our insurance offer offerings as well as um, as well as services. Services has become a significant portion of the portfolio, uh, where we can package um, again insurance and non insurance products to the to the end consumer or the employer. You know, you mentioned. Um a lot of interesting and changing uh, business lines there that I'd love to hear a little bit more about, you know, certain ones, first responders, youth sports, it's it's really a wide range. And I and you mentioned that it's always evolving and you're always trying to change. Are there any lines in particular that are standing out to you currently where you're seeing uh, trends that you haven't seen before or things that brokers should be thinking about as they talk to their clients in these areas? Yeah, I think a couple. You mentioned first responders. So a lot of things have come out uh, post 9-11 with the research and data that we've gathered. And um, at the both at the, at the state or the federal level, there is a push to provide cancer coverage to first responders. Um, as you would imagine, we, well, we focus on, on the voluntary first responders. And as you can imagine, a lot of the smaller communities and firehouses uh, uh, cannot necessarily afford uh, to, buy, uh, to pay for and provide the, the cancer coverage. So there's a lot of federal funding and as well as state funding that go toward providing coverage. So we run a couple of state programs. So that's one big trend is not only, you know, accidental death, accident medical and disability insurance for first responders, but now there is critical illness or, or cancer cover um, on that front. As far as um, other lines of business, I think mental health, right? So the awareness of mental health has become a a, a, a bigger um, benefit or, or a, a focus of uh, employee benefits producers and, and employers. Um, so we're, whether it be an EAP, 
uh, and other services. We definitely are in tune with that and provide those services. Again, services, not only the insurance coverage to pay for, uh, pay for the different um, coverages, but also then the services to bring uh, telemedicine and other um, items to the table. Another thing to note is that we um, implemented a first responder assistance plan called FRAP, right? So one of the first ones to the market. Um, uh, obviously, you can imagine a first responder re responding to a traumatic incident. Um, in fact, the tagline for our our partners is, you know, don't suffer in silence. Um, so that's a big push for us um, on, on that front. And then I think further on the employee benefits is, uh, you know, the ability to recruit and retain staff. Mm -hmm. um is is a bigger and bigger issue we we yeah. see that you know all the time whether you, you go into a restaurant right and all of a sudden you know there's half a dozen tables that are empty it's because they don't have the staff the wait staff to, to do that or the kitchen staff to run a full capacity so providing um, supplemental health limited benefits to help retain uh, recruit and retain employees i think is one of the key things um going forward and at a, at a price point that quite frankly is affordable. You've got a lot of individu individuals out there that can't afford major medical. So um, we provide solutions uh, to ease the burden on that. And again, not only to the employee, but also um, to the employer. Are you seeing in that space, um, and you had mentioned earlier working with seasonal workers and you know, as the gig as the gig universe grows, are you seeing more and more need for you know sort of regular benefits for those those types of workers who are working more on an hourly basis or you know not having full time status? Yeah, you know it's interesting. We're almost pivoting back to where we started. So um, we acquired a company back in two thousand fourteen that really started out with um, limited benefits. And they really price their product that it cost one hour's worth of wages a week. So a low price point, but covered enough of the accident uh, coverages uh, to provide a baseline, right? So I think what you're seeing now is a little bit back in that direction that people are really cognizant of the cost of major medical, right? So on the employer side, uh, they're increasing the deductibles and uh, to meet certain ACA requirements, but that increases the price point, well, Trends are increasing the price point for the employee. And so if they're coming to carriers like Access Capital to provide a, a gap product, right, to buy that deductible down in the end, a lower price point. And so as you as you do that, both for full-time and now part-time, because you are seeing a shift with employers that are offering a very similar, if not equal, uh, benefits package to part-time employees, as it has historically, as, as you know, that's really been only um, offered to full-time full employees. Yeah, yeah, definitely changing trends there. Um, let's go into some of these larger factors that you touched on briefly earlier, the the macroeconomic factors that are driving a lot of decisions that are made by employers. What are you seeing in terms of um, the trends that are affecting these types of uh, benefits decisions? Yeah, I think some of the things we, we've talked about, if you take inflation, for example, right, so again, Consumer inflation, medical inflation, driving the cost of healthcare up, and and employers looking for alternative solutions for their employees um, to ease the burden of healthcare again to help retain employees or to uh, recruit employees. Um, in our space, because we operate in the supplemental health, we're able to, for lack of a better term, we're able to move levers within the portfolio to change the the price points of a product. Um, 
uh, you know, again, higher or lower deductibles, higher or lower benefits, elimination periods. So that gives us a little uniqueness um, because we play out of the uh, ACA, the Affordable Care Act kind of space. So we can do that. I think recessionary um, periods also create a level or a period of uncertainty for employers. Um, you know, so they're, they're also looking at, you know, what benefits can I afford to provide uh, the employees? Uh, do I need to increase the deductible um, to help reduce my costs and, and shift some to the employees? So I think you have a lot of cost shifting going on, but I also think employers are cognizant of the burden that places with the employee. And again, back, you know, back to my comments on, on retention, you push too much of the burden of healthcare on the employee. And quite frankly, there, it becomes the, uh, the catalyst to, to seek employment elsewhere. Right. And so it's right. a balance. Um, yes. That's the number one thing we see. Right. Talent is, is the issue everyone talks about. Yeah. I think some other things that we're seeing, um, I, I, I think you're seeing trends in technology, um, so, you know, a couple of different things on that um, ease, ease of interaction. So more and more things are being pushed to, quite frankly, to your phone, to your apps, um, you know, whether that be looking up uh, discount Rx or scheduling appointments or filing claims. I think more and more technology is moving in in that direction. And um, quite frankly, that's one of the things as we look to partners both here in the U.S. Um, and in Europe and London. Um, on the distribution side, we, we definitely gauge their, their level of technology, but also on the claim side, right? So you always want to um, improve your claim service, uh, reduce any friction in the process. So we're also partnering with individuals who either have or are implementing a high degree of, of technology into the claims process. Um, one of the other things I think a trend is, is you know, providing the, the part-time employees with a level of benefits that historically they have not received, creating kind of uh, equity in the benefits front between full-time and part-time employees, um, and then a deeper focus on mental health, right? So whether that be uh, mental health uh, service providers on our traditional employee benefits portfolio or first responders, um, or in fact, um, in our student portfolio as well. So I think those those are the majority of the, um, the trends we're seeing. Obviously, it's a, it's a very dynamic, um, marketplace, but also the uh, changing world and everything going on. We have to bob and weave around products and services we provide, even on the travel insurance side, where um, travel assistance or medical leave back and things of that nature become that much more important. Yeah, that that's a great point. You know, as we look at at the global risk um, in the world today, and you're insuring against that and the safety of, of those clients, it definitely seems like you would sort of be on the front lines of, of managing whatever comes up in that space. One of the things about the accident health marketplace, not just access capital is um, historically, we have provided coverage for volunteer organizations, humanitarian organizations, um, first responders, media, going into these, these hot zones, uh, whether they be in, in the background or quite frankly, historically uh, cover, providing coverage for embedded media uh, over the years. Um, so it does, it is something that uh, it's a little bit um, unique to A&H, but we, we take risks that most traditional uh, insurance, insurance carriers will not take, right? Um, it, and so the underwriters in particular out of London are, are pretty busy right now uh, quoting on that type of business. The other thing that's really unique for, for A&H 
is uh, where the market evolves somewhat to technology, but just to evolving risks. And that is, you know, esports, drone racing, um, and uh, of late, you know, covering um, civilian astronauts traveling to the space station. So, right. you know, as much as, you know, we, we put these aside, our traditional underwriters who might trap might typically provide coverage and underwrite a travel exposure. And uh, next thing you know, it's you're, you're providing coverage for, for someone traveling to the space station. So it's unique uh, and different for A&H. And that's, I think for me personally, that's what's I've been doing this for over 30 years, but that's what keeps it fresh and, and exciting is, is we, we, play in the fringes we we are specialists uh specialty underwriters that uh and enjoy uh enjoy underwriting things that most folks won't as you look towards next year what are you what's your outlook for 2024 yeah that's a great that's a great question um you know i think first is remaining agile and basically proactively addressing the changes in the marketplace um enha enhancing our existing specialty product offering and services but just being in tune with the marketplace and being able, um, quite frankly, to, to pivot, right? As I alluded to uh, previously, the, the market is changing. It's very dynamic. So we have to uh, remain agile and pivot when needed. I think remaining and being resilient to the market, you know, while at the same time increasing market penetration in our target markets, expanding our geographical footprint. So again, being that stable, resilient, specialty A&H carrier uh, that people come to when they need to... Um, Ensure something that most carriers won't ensure. And I think third, um, it's really leaning in on opportunities um, where we can create new strategic partnerships uh, that that where they're looking to service their customers, where we can provide coverage and services um, to not only an employer, but employee association groups, or as I alluded to before, space travelers or whatever the case might be. But you know, it's just again leaning leaning in to the ever changing marketplace and, and being that being that stable carrier, being that rock in the marketplace. Well, Jay, it has been really fascinating uh, digging into this market with you. You you really are on sort of the ground level of a, a lot of what happens in in safety and um, you know first responders, as you mentioned, and and all the folks that are really working on the edge for our society. So um, thank you. Thank you for spending the time with me and, and sharing your thoughts. Thank you, Sandy. Really appreciate the time. Thank you. That was Jay Hamilton, Global Head of Accident and Health at Axis. For more Leaders Edge podcasts, go to leadersedge.com or subscribe at Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts.